Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Of the year. Not talking about Christmas time, although that's exciting. Not uh, not talking about holidays, whatever you may celebrate. Not talking about eggnog season. Wow, that's a really good one, by the way. I uh, I love me some eggnog. Uh, not any of that. No, it's uh, college professors complaining about the football coaches' salary season. It only really comes around once a year, right? When all these new contracts get out and these uh, these college professors, these especially important college professors that uh, really take exception to what the football coach is getting paid because apparently they are still blissfully unaware of what impact football has on their university and how much more valuable the football coach is to that university than them. I, I, I just would love to live in the bubble of arrogance that implies that I am on some plane of worth or the same plane of worth as a SEC football coach in terms of economic value. But anyway, I, I just it, it comes around every year and it always makes me laugh. I don't know, guys. I mean, maybe I'm the crazy one. Do you guys want to, uh, you know, get the tent together and, and, and hang out at the Grove or in the Junction and uh, tailgate the history lesson that's coming later on this week? Well, I guess yeah, I guess they're getting close to finals, so maybe there's a super important final exam coming. Uh, so we can tailgate that and, uh, you know, maybe get Kirk and uh, Lee Corso to skip the Army-Navy game and go hang out outside of uh, Bishop Hall. I'll bring the beer. You guys bring the food, and we'll get fired up and listen to somebody talk about the Battle of the Bulge. That sounds that sounds awesome. So uh, let's do that. <laughs> I just, oh man, oh man. I uh, I just I wish I thought of myself as important as college professors do. I really do. Maybe I need to increase my sense of self worth. You know, maybe I should start thinking I'm more valuable than I am. I don't know. Anyway, we don't need to spend any more time on that, do we? I don't think so. Welcome in. My name is Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys on this Tuesday. We got Heisman nominees released yesterday, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Not so much who was on the list, but who was not on the list. There's two names especially that I think belong on this list, and the fact that they're not tells me all I need to know about Saturday night. I don't need to watch. I, I don't need to watch on Saturday night because th- these two names, there's two names I'm going to give you that that should be included in this. And you, you may not be surprised at who they are, but maybe surprised at who I'm not talking about. Either way, uh, if we're going to, as Ron Swanson said, awards are stupid. They'd be less stupid if they went to the right people. So we'll talk about that. 
uh, we will all also there, there's this idea out there that I've seen a few places about Georgia and what they need to do to beat Alabama if they do happen to get to a rematch. I'm not as convinced as as other people are. Um, I'm not as convinced as some other people are that uh, Georgia's going to beat Michigan. I've already seen some of that. Oh, Georgia's just going to pound Michigan to the ground, all that stuff. I'm not as convinced as some people are. Uh, Michigan's pretty physical and and they play really good defense and I, I'm just saying I mean I know that's Georgia's style of play but all these people are already talking about rematch with Alabama well Georgia's got to beat Michigan first and, and it's not going to be a cakewalk for them I don't think but what should they do if they do get to a rematch what what should happen specifically with the quarterback position and I think we are all taking crazy pills when it comes to the way people are talking about this with uh, Georgia in the quarterback position. I, I think people are nuts, but we will see. First, I want to remind you, though, uh, if you're watching on Twitter, you cannot comment. And I'd love for you to comment. So like Chris and Zach and Wayne, you guys want, you want to be like them, you got to do it on uh, YouTube or Facebook. So find me there. Just search my name, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, actually like the video. That would help me a ton or wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, should uh, should turn up results. Yeah, the Pelicans are improving a little bit. They are. They're playing much better l- lately. They still struggle to score. They don't have great shooters. And in basketball, you've got to score the, the basket to win. That's generally a recipe for success is you you got to score to win games. They're not a very good three-point shooting team. They have guys that are supposed to be better shooters than they are. That's that's their Achilles heel. But, yeah, they are playing better. Uh, they're playing much better, and Zion will return hopefully here in the next, I don't know, two weeks or so, maybe by Christmas. And they'll – I mean, they're in good enough position right now to make a run with the league's easiest schedule in the backstretch. Uh, easiest schedule in the league in the backstretch to uh, – make a run at a playoff spot, which would make me very happy. Yeah, it is bowl season. We get started in 10 days. First bowl game is 10 days away. And uh, then boom, 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 boom. Season's over. (laughs) It's going to go by quick. But uh, yeah, bowl season, 10 days away. Have I had Evan Williams eggnog? I have. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big fan, though. Uh, I would rather personally uh, mix my own uh, bourbon into my eggnog, uh, because to tell you the truth, I, I'm not a I'm not a bourbon snob. I cannot afford to be one. I like it. I, I've got a decanter back there that's actually you you can see it's blocked off on that little wine cooler or wine shelf thing that I have. There's a a good decanter and stuff back there, but I had to block it because you know I have a two year old, so he can't get in there. Um, but I, like. I've got bourbon in there, and it's a pretty expensive bottle, but I nurse it. Like, I've had that bottle in there for, like, six months. Uh, I cannot afford to drink good bourbon. But what I don't like is to mix it with anything. Like, I I don't even really like it watered down. I really want to drink it pure. So mixing it with my eggnog, I feel like I ruin it. So I will get some cheap stuff and and all that. But, yeah, I I really just kind of like it on its own, if you can believe it. I know some people think that's kind of gross, but I would rather just have it on its own and then have a bourbon on its own, then mix the two. I don't like the flavors mixed. That's just me. I don't know. You know, Um, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I would prefer to keep them separate. 
but whatever. I'm weird. I don't know if you guys have figured that out by now. And Chris, you're right. When the professors can run a program that generates hundreds of millions and they deserve a salary such as Lane's. And I mean, let's be honest, coaching salaries are insane. Like the fact that a football coach, a college football coach in Mississippi is getting paid seven and a half million dollars a year. That's pretty crazy. It's pretty insane. But the economic impact that that coach has, the value uh, is well worth it. Um, I saw some people in the replies of that complaint talking about how, well, football actually doesn't generate any revenue for the school. In fact, it actually costs the school money. Like, how stupid are you? I'm sorry. You're supposed to be a college professor. Like, you're supposed to be the smartest of us all because you're educating our youth, right? And that, at an SEC school, you think that Football at Ole Miss, and Mississippi State for that matter, but it's Ole Miss professors complaining today. They all do, though. Um, You think that football at Ole Miss actually costs the school money? Are you insane? I would would just love to live in the bubble that these people live in. Like, yes, I'm a sports guy, so of course I'm going to be sports-driven in my line of thinking. But economically speaking, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, would not exist in their current form without football. That is an absolute, undeniable, inarguable fact. The schools, the universities would not have, they would not look the way they do. They wouldn't have the student population that they do. And more students equals more people that have to take your classes that nobody pays attention in, which means you get to keep your salary. Ole Miss and Mississippi State would not exist in their current form without football. That is an inarguable fact. The schools are the size that they are because of football. You have students that go to these schools because of football. Why do you think Alabama's student population has skyrocketed? Why donations have skyrocketed? Why the school has dramatically changed since Nick Saban took over? Because of football. The fact that you can work at these places, the fact that you can work at these places, And not see that is utterly mind-blowing. But again, you know, I'm not a super important history professor, so I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't be that way. Maybe you you can argue that, like, our priorities are backwards and stuff. And, And, you know, I would disagree to some degree because, again, I'm a sports-minded guy and I love what sports have done to my life and my childhood and the lessons it taught me. And I thought it was great. I loved playing them. I want my son to play them because they really helped me. They molded me, I suppose. But I, I could understand the argument of Lane Kiffin getting $7.5 million means our priorities are backwards. Okay. That is an argument that can be made that would make sense. But the alternative or what you see does not make sense and cannot be argued. But whatever. Again, I'm spending too much time on this. I don't give people attention that are just seeking attention sorry about that uh, good morning Wayne glad to see you Texas at this point I just have to assume everyone's still watching on Twitter's a Russian bot I did get a, a message from somebody yesterday that I've yet to reply to by the way and I will I will I promise I'll reply to that um that said they don't comment ever some people maybe just don't want to I don't know but uh yeah there's still a few hangers on it looks like uh, yeah, Chris, Zion has missed more games than he has played in, and that will continue over at least the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, it has not gone well uh, for him on the injury front. Uh, 
uh, at all. But anyway, all right, Heisman stuff. So we got the nominees yesterday. We got the nominees yesterday. And uh, I understand the list. I, I, I do. I'm not complaining about who's on it. I'm complaining about who's off of it. So Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, I, I love watching him play. He's electric. Uh, and he's just a gamer, too. Uh, he's going to be a first-round pick, possibly. Uh, there are, I think, some some talented or, or talent limitations for him. I don't think he's got the, the super live arm that would be ideal for an NFL quarterback. But he's a gamer. He's a good player. He's accurate. Uh, he's athletic. I mean, can run. You guys saw in the fake slide. Fake slide aside, which was a pretty baller move on his part, by the way, uh, I think it should be against the rules or the play should be blown dead once you start to initiate a slide. And by the way, uh, some NFL officials said the letter of the rule says once the slide is initiated, play should have been blown dead there. But either way, it's a baller move on his part, and he showed his athleticism there. He's a good player. He's put up huge numbers. I'm fine with him being a nominee, of course. Uh, C.J. Stroud, gaudy numbers at Ohio State. Uh, So there you go. Bryce Young won the thing in the SEC championship, so there's that. And Aiden Hutchison from Michigan could possibly be the first overall pick in the draft. Uh, I mean, he's really played his way into that. He's a really, really good player. He's a great player. Not the best, most outstanding defensive player in college football, though, and that's really where I get uh, to these snubs. If you're going to give awards out, you have to do it right. You have to give it to the right people. If the award is for the most outstanding player in college football, the most not the MVP, not the most valuable to their team, but the most outstanding player in college football, why is it not Will Anderson? Why is it Aiden Hutchison, but not Will Anderson? He's one of only two, by the way. Power five players. This is from Matt Zenitz. In the last 20 years, with over 90 tackles, with over 20 tackles for loss and over 12 sacks. Scooby Wright, you guys remember him? In 2014, is the only other person to do it in the last 20 years. Will Anderson has 91 tackles, 31 and a half tackles for loss, and 15 and a half sacks. Anybody that has watched Alabama play knows that's the best player on every field he's ever been on including in the SEC championship game. Will Anderson is the most outstanding player in college football. But he doesn't play quarterback. So Anderson being snubbed is a joke. He, he's the, the defensive player that's going to the ceremony is not the most outstanding defensive player in college football. A great one, not the most outstanding one. Will Anderson deserves an invitation. The fact that he is not invited tells me all I need to know, because it's not even a brand thing with this. He plays at freaking Alabama, and he doesn't play the right position. And you've got these voters who clearly don't, they're either advocating, which I guess I understand, uh, or they don't watch enough to really know what Will Anderson is. He should be there. Um, He should be there. And I didn't even think about it a few days ago uh, when I was asked about it. Um, He should be there. The fact that he's not, I think, is a joke. Also, Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker is is second in college football in rushing yards only because the guy in front of him has a a lot more volume. But 
His stats are unbelievable. He's the best running back in college football. And in front of 10 million people against Michigan, he beat Michigan, the number two team in college football, by himself. Yes, obviously, his offensive line had to do some things as well. But he had 200 yards rushing and five touchdowns against the second-best team in college football. He had an incredible year. This is where Brand gets into effect, though. He did it at Michigan State. Those exact numbers, those exact numbers at Ohio State gets Kenny Walker nominated, in my opinion. Him getting snubbed from this, I think, is a mistake. He's the best running back in college football, and he had his best game against the best team he played. And that was Michigan. Again, 200 yards is like 195 in five touchdowns against Michigan. That doesn't get invited to the ceremony, but Aiden Hutchison does, but C.J. Stroud does. I don't like it. And then, of course, there's the the local example of Matt Corral. And, and a lot of Ole Miss fans were upset with the fact that he was not invited. And they are right about something. When people say that no other quarterback would have won 10 games with this Ole Miss team. I do believe that, and I I think that's a good argument. I think it's fair. Because it's not just, with Corral, it's not just ability, right? I mean, he's super talented. Don't get me wrong. He's he's, He's super talented. But his value to his team extends so much further beyond he can throw the football. You know what I mean? Um, despite what was very incorrectly written in the Clarion Ledger last week, um, he did put the team on his back this season. It was written that he didn't. That that it. I think the line was, it would be different if he put his team on his back, but in fact the opposite is the case, or some BS like that. Uh, no, that team would not have been who they were without him. Not anywhere close. But it it extends beyond numbers. So I understand why he's not there, why he's not invited, because he doesn't have the numbers. And should it be a numbers game? No, it shouldn't. It should be the most outstanding player in college football. But I don't think that is that is Corral either. It is not who is the most valuable for their team, what their wins above replacement would be. It is just the most outstanding player in the game. So I, I'm not going to sit here and argue that he should have been invited to New York over Kenny Pickett, although I think he's a better quarterback. You know what I mean? It's just not worth arguing to me. But the list either needs to be bigger or needs to be done right. Because I don't believe if you put Kenny Pickett on Ole Miss's team, they win 10 games. I don't believe as great as Bryce Young was in the SEC championship game, it changes the results. Bryce Young on Ole Miss doesn't win any more than 10 games. Matt Corral at Alabama is in the playoff. I I firmly believe that. I do. I understand why he didn't go, though. The the passing numbers just just were not there. But there is absolute truth to the argument that there's nobody in college football that is more valuable to their team than him. I don't think there's anybody else that could have willed that team to 10 wins the way he did. The problem is most of what you know about that is 
behind the scenes. It's culture setting. It's leadership, stuff like that. And sports writer in Spokane, Washington, who inexplicably gets a Heisman vote, doesn't see or know or understand that at all. They just look at numbers and they look at brands on the helmet, and that's all they do. So I get it. I understand why he he wasn't listed. Um, But I agree with the people that say nobody would have willed their team Despite, again, despite what is written in the Clarion Ledger, nobody would have put their team on their back the way he did. Nobody in college football would have won 10 games with that team. I don't think. Because it's not just ability. It's other stuff. It's cultural stuff that that he engaged in there that changed that team in that locker room. Everybody you talk to uh, that, that understands would agree with that. But anyway... Uh, I'm not going to watch now because, I mean, it's all about brands and stats. That's all it is. It's it's just about brands. ESPN willed Aiden Hutchison to the Heisman ceremony. That's how that went down. He's not the best defensive player in college football. And the fact that Kenny Walker and Anderson, and even you can argue Corral, but the fact that Walker and Anderson are not there tells you all you need to know about this award. It tells you all you need to know. Something that used to be so important feels arbitrary now because of stuff like that. Again, let me read these stats to you again. Hold on. I, I actually closed them out. Let me uh, let me pull them back up. This is Will Anderson. 91 tackles. 31 and a half tackles for loss. 31 and a half tackles for loss. 15 and a half sacks. Only the second time in 20 years somebody's put up numbers like his. And he can't get an invite. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm good. Miles says, guaranteed it's not the econ professors complaining about a free market. Yeah, no doubt about that. The business school is awfully quiet today because they, they seem to understand. Chris says, it's a popularity contest. Miles continues, add to the list of things FCS does better than the FBS. There are separate awards for offensive and defensive player awards. How simple is that, Miles? How simple is that? I uh, actually, um, Lewis Ivory, who won the Walter Payton, I've, I've got autographed up there. He was a hell of a running back at Furman. But yeah, how e- how easy is that? Give the Heisman to the best offensive player in college football and give something else, whatever you want to call it. Um, who would who, what, who would you name that award after, I wonder? If you were to do that, to, to make them equal awards on equal footing, do you just, like, make it the butt kiss? Or, or do you name somebody else? It might be worth talking about on the radio show today, actually. But, yeah, it, it's so simple. Most outstanding offensive player in college football, most outstanding defensive player in college football. And what you can do if you're ESPN and you need some programming, you make it, instead of a two-hour show, Make it a three-hour show and present both awards in the same night. Or you can do it on back-to-back nights if you want. Or, or, you know, let your mind run wild. But, yeah, the Heisman Trophy is not given to the most outstanding player in college football anymore. That is abundantly clear. It's given to the quarterback on the best team. That's how it's going to be. It's not even about who wins it. I would probably vote for Bryce Young after that performance in the SEC Championship game. But if you ask Nick Saban, 
who is his best football player? You want to bet his answer is not Bryce Young? So why is the country's answer Bryce Young? I don't know. Anyway, uh, this next thing, I've seen a lot of this uh, around here. I saw somebody say that uh, Georgia has no chance at beating Alabama if Stetson Bennett plays, and so that's why they need to go to JT Daniels because he is their only chance, their only chance at winning the national championship, and they need to make that switch now because he's their chance. Um, my question is, you know, maybe I'm oversimplifying a, a more complex situation, but to imply that JT Daniels gives yourself or gives the team the best chance to win would suggest that Todd Munkin and Kirby Smart are actively choosing the worst option at the most valuable position on the field. That is what you're implying. And and I know there's the thing with Kirby and and Jake Fromm and Justin Fields, and and I know that that is a knock on him. I'm aware of that. It's a knock on him. But Jake Fromm was really good, guys. I mean, he was really good. Uh, Either way, forget Kirby for a second. Todd Munkin, been a great head coach. I mean, it was a great head coach at Southern Miss. Was an NFL offensive coordinator. To suggest that Georgia can only beat Alabama if JT Daniels plays also suggests that Georgia is actively choosing at the most important position to play their worst option. And that's also implying that JT Daniels is a better option. And what has shown you that that is the case? I really, I really would like to know what has shown anybody that JT Daniels would step in in the playoff, by the way, in his first real action, uh, it, meaningful action in a while, in the playoff and perform at a high level. What what has suggested anybody that he's capable of doing that? Was it his completing less than 60% of his passes at USC as a full-time starter? What was it? What is this idea? This implication that Daniels is just going to light the world on fire and be so much better than Stetson Bennett when you haven't seen that materialize. Like, forget recruiting ranking for a second and what we thought he was coming out of high school. What is he? What have you seen that he is? Is it better than Bennett? I I mean, maybe. But there's a reason he's not playing. And there's a reason that he transferred from Southern Cal because he lost his job there. And there's a reason he can't beat out Stetson Bennett. Todd Munkin's not an idiot. It's I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around the implication that Georgia is choosing to sit their better option at quarterback. What has Daniels done that would tell you he will step up and beat Alabama? And oh, by the way, Quarterback was not Georgia's issue against Alabama in the SEC championship game. I mean, did anybody, did everybody forget that Georgia gave up 42 points? How how many games, how many playoff games are you going to win when you're giving up 42 points? I I don't know. I, I think that's a fair question. But the fact that people keep talking about this as if, 
it, it's a no-brainer. Just a no-brainer. You start JT Daniels. By the way, yes, I know Stetson Bennett threw a couple of interceptions. He also threw for 340 yards and three touchdowns. Okay, if you're going to try to convince me that JT Daniels can produce like that. Okay, I don't believe you, but okay. I just think that line of thinking is just crazy. I think it's just crazy. So, anyway. Also, uh, no update on uh, Jeff Levy at Ole Miss. Again, I know people are really uh, curious about that. Uh, They have a staff member on the road recruiting which, as you know, cannot be done unless there's an opening. So you've got 10 assistants, right? They can all go on the road recruiting. Nobody else can. Well, if you either lose a staff member or something like that, a non-assistant, an analyst or whatever, can go on the road recruiting so you have your full complement of staff members. That is happening now. So he's gone. I I mean, he's gone. Uh, Unless something is changing, I expect that, announcement to come very, very soon. I guess something could have come up and maybe it's changed, but Ole Miss is sending a staff member in his place on the recruiting trail. That probably tells you all you need to know. And if Lebby does return to Ole Miss, something happened with Oklahoma because the the implication is from everybody that is involved in this one way or the other, he is gone. And Ole Miss is even recruiting without him now. So... I don't have an update other than that, but that's really all there is to say until it goes official, and uh, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. I gotta go, um, but let's get the tailgate ready for uh, for history class. What is it? It's Tuesday, right? So maybe they've got one on Thursday afternoon. I'll uh, I'll see you guys in the Grove, and we'll uh, we'll tailgate history class. It's gonna be electric. I, I can feel it. I'm selling tickets too, 150 bucks a pop. Yeah, you guys want to buy one off. See y'all tomorrow. Have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.